welcome to Global Yoga Flow Podcast. In this podcast, we share some Hawaiian wisdom from a book called The Bowl of Light by Hank Wesselman. And this book contains his conversations with a revered Hawaiian elder, Hale Makua, who lived on the Big Island. In this podcast, we'll talk about the soul cluster as seen from the Hawaiian perspective. Very beautiful and very much in alignment with the yoga lifestyle and the Shiva Shakti Tantra yoga philosophy. In speaking of the soul cluster, the three aspects of self, Makua says we must understand ourselves in order to empower ourselves. We must ask ourselves important questions such as, What is the nature of my foundation? How is my foundation guiding me in my relationships and in the work I do in the world? All of this, our foundation, our relationships, our work, our intention, composes the structure of our lives, what it is and what it isn't, as well as what it will become. Our life is about choices, and we must know what is guiding those choices, whether to remain here or travel there, whether to say this or not say it, whether to stay with the known and comfortable, or whether it's time to huli, to shift. And when we turn inward and consider these things, the emotional response, the feedback, is the guidance the emotional guidance that we're either tapping into and listening or turning a blind eye to. And that inner guidance comes from the mix of the soul cluster, the three aspects of the soul self. And as I continue here to read about the soul cluster and these three aspects, we get a really clear sensation of how they are intermixing and giving us guidance as we respond to the plans we lay out for ourselves and as we respond to the reality that has been created and is being reflected to us. Makua says, We can refer to these levels of self as distinct souls rather than selves, for they originate from the same source. But each of these soul aspects exists in very different states of quality. It could be said that each of us possesses three souls. These are, one, our amakua, our higher spiritual soul and the source of the immortal spark of light that came into us when we received our divine breath, our ha. Two, our uhane, our middle mental intellectual soul that expresses our higher mind functions and develops as we grow and mature in each lifetime. And three, our unihipili, the lower soul associated with the physical body as well as its functions. All of the three embodied souls, immortal, amakua, seed of light, uhane, mental intellectual soul and unihipili physical soul form a unity a trinity in life a personal soul cluster that serves us as our foundation 
What we call ourself in each life is composed of these three souls. It's important to note here that Amakua, the Oversoul, is spelled with a capital A. Some listeners might be familiar with Amakua as the animal totem, and it is that when it is spelled with a small a. But this capital A, Amakua, is the Oversoul, the eternal spark of light that is our eternal flow of consciousness. And those of you already familiar with yoga philosophy might understand this trinity and of course we see it in so many paths because there is an underlying matrix to all of this. The the absolute truth of the foundation that we all arise from, it's shared uh, and we express it in different ways but the underlying matrix unifies us and that's such an important and beautiful thing to, to acknowledge. So when we think of in Uh, the yoga philosophy, the energies of Icha, Yana, and Kriya, or we could say Bhakti, Yana, and Karma yogas. We're we're looking at the same trinity or soul cluster aspect that Makua is sharing with us here. We're looking at, in the Western world, we could say the soul, the mind, and the body, or sometimes heart, body, and mind or spirit body and mind this trinity very similar Mokua continues and describes each of these three soul aspects and he begins in the middle with the mental soul the uhani as i have just said many hawaiians equate the uhane with a singular indwelling soul or spirit that inhabits us during life and that leaves us when we die In a sense, this is not inaccurate. Some Christians even identify it as the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, the Uhane Hemolele. But in reality, the Uhane is that embodied soul essence that provides us with certain higher mind qualities and abilities during life. For example, the power of choice, the power of creative thought. These are functions of our Uhane revealing it to be the mental intellectual aspect of ourselves that comes into being in each lifetime in response to our life as we live it. Now in Sanskrit we might equate the Uhane with the the chittas or the yana aspect of self, the intellect, and we can see it as the bridge between the soul and the body. In other words, the mind functions a lot like our CEO, and as the heart or the soul is moving waves of itcha, waves of desire forward, the mind is receiving those impulses from heart and soul and working out the logic, the plan, to bring them into the physical experience, into the, the body, the tangible and chewy aspect of life on earth. So very interesting thinking of the uhane or thinking of the intellect, the chittas, as the bridge between soul and body. Quite beautiful. Makua continues about the uhane. He says, we are here on earth to develop the uhane ego soul as it serves us as our decision maker and thus our inner chief our inner director. As such, it steers us successfully 
or not so through life according to the beliefs and convictions that it holds to be true. And these are always changeable. And those beliefs and convictions are part of our foundation and always up for change. If our Uhane believes itself to be powerless, we will live our life in the victim role as a slave. If our mental soul believes itself to be powerful, we will have quite a different life. Makua comments on the ego. The ego is important. It is not to be diminished. The reason we are here as embodied beings on earth is to develop the ego as it is the soul aspect, the mental soul, what we call the Uhane, that is the source of our intentionality and our will, as well as our creativity, our creative imagination. When we develop a well-balanced and fully awakened Uhane, we carry the qualities and abilities that it enables back with us into our personal spiritual Amakua field when we make transition at the end of each life cycle. And it is through us here on the physical plane of action that our immortal Amakua acquires higher and greater and expanded levels of ability. And that includes the ability to function well as a creator. As we travel across eternity, our life force weaves itself in and out of countless lives. And with each transition, this creative ability that we've developed in that life is transferred into our immortal aspect and our Amakua expands and the whole of the universe expands because of the life that we've lived. Makua continues saying, we actually come into this world as God. It's just that we forget. We forget who we really are as well as what our objectives for this life are. This ties in beautifully with the yoga philosophy, which as many of you know, one of its main purposes, or the asana practice, the pranayama, one of the main purposes is to remember. To remember, to remember who we truly are, to remember our divine roots, to remember our connection to source energy and each other, to remember our natural state of well-being, of eagerness to expand and explore and create something new. Our natural state of, of understanding our unity and loving our brothers and sisters and feeling the human family at the same time that we feel our fierce individuality. And here's something really interesting. One of the original meanings of the word sin is to forget. And this is lost in translation. And we think of sin as doing something wrong, screwing up. But its original meaning was to forget. And so when we ask for forgiveness for sins, what we're really asking is, can I remember? Can I remember that I am God? I am a ray of light from that central source of love that we call God or Shiva or universal intelligence. Can I remember my glory, my worthiness, my goodness, and that my individual perspective has everything to do with the uh, unfolding the expansion of love and light into the denser parts of the universe. Yeah, so we're here to remember. And it is the uhane, the intellect, that can help us to consciously build that bridge and remember who we really are while we're here in this physical experience.
Makua goes on to talk about the Amakua, capital A. He says, Our Amakua itself is our spiritual dream body, our distinct and separate immortal soul, our higher self that lives always in the spirit world. This can serve us as a portal through which we dream and through which we can travel into the worlds of spirit while we're still embodied here. Through its gift of our light that comes into us in each lifetime, it becomes part of us while we're here. Now this is an interesting point because Buddhists, traditional Buddhists maintain that there is no such thing as the individual soul and that the idea of individuality is an illusion. And Makua addresses this in, in Bowl of Light. He says, this Buddhist idea is merely a theory. I don't believe that the one called the Buddha ever said this. If he had experienced authentic initiation, and we can assume that he did, he would have known differently. There is indeed an individual self, an individual soul. And when we are embodied, there are actually two. There is the immortal self that serves as our personal creator and source that remains always in the spirit world. This is our oversoul, our amakua. And there is the self that we develop in each lifetime, like an art project, a composite of our three souls, spirit soul, mental soul, and body soul. And when our physical body dies, our energetic aspect, our kino akka, that carries us, the composite of the three embodied souls, it detaches. It then exists for a period of time independent of the physical body in a free state, maintaining its integration as a personal pattern for as long as it needs to. The breath is the connecting link between the energy body and the physical body. And when we release our last breath at life's end, we release our ha and our soul cluster is free. Slowly at first, and then with increasing speed, our energy body, along with our personal soul cluster, loses its attachment to this world and returns to its source, to its amakua. At that point, the personal self in whom we have invested so much during life is subsumed into our immortal soul field, into our real self. So perhaps what people have come to believe regarding Buddha's statements on the self is not what the Buddha really meant. Perhaps his students simply did not understand. Very interesting, very interesting. Makua goes on to talk about the guidance we receive from our soul cluster and how it is a combination of using the mind and the emotions or the emotions could be the seen as the energy of the heart or the energy even of the soul the uh, amakua using them in combination to make right choices makua says think feeling is the most useful concept when experienced directly because it enables us to achieve a deepened perspective on just about everything. 
because it suggests that we pull the mental and the body souls together into right relationship, creating harmony as well as balance between these two levels of the self. Now this is very interesting as we look at the Shishumna Nadi and, and the Ida and Pingala that wind around that central axis of energy and the Ida, the moon channel relating to emotion and the Pingala, the sun channel relating to thought and how the weaving together of thought and emotion and the balancing of those two is what brings us into the vortex, the Shishumna Nadi, that place where we feel, ah, yes, I know for certain this is the best path for me. It's always a combination of thought and emotion. And if you think about your own experience, you can feel into how there have been times when you've gone totally with feeling without thinking it through and that's a bit messy and other times where you've suppressed feeling completely and just gone with what makes sense even if it doesn't make me happy it's logical right and and that also can be a bit messy but when we have this think feeling this combination of Ida and Pingala thought and emotion and we allow them to give this uh, rebound and, and feedback to each other until they come into this resonance and balance, that's when we feel that sureness and confidence, yes, this is the path for me moving forward. We feel it and think it. Really beautiful stuff. Makua continues talking about change and the thinking, feeling, guidance that helps us restructure our lives intelligently. Makua says, if it is time to restructure our life, it is always the foundation that much, must change first. Knowing this, we must ask ourselves, what is the nature of my foundation? Do I have foundation cornerstones and what are they? What is non-negotiable? How many stones do I have and are there any that seem to be missing? Each lifetime starts with the descent of the brilliance of our seed of light into the darkness of form, the gift of our amakua to our new embodiment for a new life. As we have said, it is with the first breath that the light of our immortal soul seed takes up residence within us and as it does it encounters another distinct and separate soul that is already in residence our uni hipili our lower body soul that imbues the physical with life this is the self aspect that we receive from our parents and it serves as the energetic link to the field of our parental and our paternal and our maternal ancestors as well and Mukua goes on to describe how, again, the source of restructuring anything in our bodies or even in our physical experiences, our relationships, our adventures and work, must begin back at the Amakua, the energetic source of who we are. And this is why contemplation and meditation are such important practices for creating a strong foundation and guidance, receiving guidance from that foundation in our lives. Our foundation is and forever will be energetic, the love that we are. 
the Amakua, the soul seed of light. So the practice of yoga, the lifestyle, the spiritual path is about seeking connection, deep and sweet and powerful connection with the soul self while we're here working with the mental and physical selves. Makua goes on to talk more specifically about the body soul. He says, our body's soul has very specific functions. For instance, the entire operation of the body, as well as its repair and restoration, is under the direct control of the unihipili. It serves us in many other ways as well. It is able to access our memories that are stored in our energetic matrix, and it is also the source of our emotions and feelings. And that's end quote. And in the Western world, we might think of this as the subconscious. He's talking about our emotional body or our subconscious. And Makua goes on to, to address this term subconscious. He says, the term subconscious is somewhat misleading. Because the unihipili, the body soul, is the aspect of ourselves that perceives, and it perceives everything the outer world in which we act as well as the inner worlds where we think, feel, and dream. It perceives both the seen and the unseen worlds. And all the time, and so it is really much more conscious than the so-called conscious mind. It is through this body-soul that all psychic experiences as well as all visionary experiences are perceived. Now, those of you who are familiar with intuition understand exactly what Makua is talking about here. Uh, intuition is not a, a fuzzy science. The mind often will filter out things we can't handle. The conscious mind will filter things out. But the pure body soul, our intuition, if we allow it, will perceive with um, a vast innocence that will perhaps let things in that the mind doesn't want to see or, or doesn't think it can handle seeing. And so there's, it, we might even want to call this our superconscious rather than subconscious, you see. I think this is part of the point that, that Makua is making, is that the body-soul is really where this super-dilated, eager and innocent perception lies and, and is willing to give us so much fruitful information if we'll let it in. Makua continues talking about how the body-soul is sourced. He says, our energy body actually has three sources, the mother, the father, and our personal oversoul, the Amakua. The ancestors are always connected with us because of this. And this contribution from each of these sources contains a pattern. You are a, a scientist, uh, and you might call it something like a hologram, a composite matrix of everything recorded in those ancestral energetic fields, each of which has its own unique fingerprint. All three souls are carried by the energy body through which they can come together and form something harmonious. And on the one hand, or on the other, they can resist each other, in which case there are lessons to be learned in a lifetime. The resulting pattern from these three sources is like an architectural blueprint of the physical body 
recorded within the body's soul. And it's like a computer program. The unihipili soul aspect is alive, and it must be able to read the pattern. For through doing so, it uses the pattern as a guide in making repairs to the physical body. At this point in the book, author Hank Wesselman makes a really brilliant observation based on what Makua is saying. Hank says, Physician and alchemist Paracelsus observed that the real physician is in ourselves. He also said that the mind is like the master in an invisible workshop, and the body is the pliable material. From his perspective, it is in this way that the mind can cure diseases or cause them. He is also credited with having said that the fear of disease is more dangerous than disease itself. Makua responds to this by saying, yes, this is because the unihipili, the body soul, takes everything literally. It does not distinguish between reality and illusion. It perceives both as real. Now this is a very interesting point when we think about meditation, when we think about visualization. And maybe you've heard about how some trainers of elite athletes have them actually go through in their mind every aspect of their event. Go through the event moment to moment in the mind. And as they're hooked up to these feedback machines, what they see is that even though there's not gross movement happening in the body, the muscle twitch, the firing of the signals from the brain to the body are happening in the visualization. So here's some more evidence from our modern world of the unihipili or the body responding equally to the actual physical event or a clearly visualized event. And this is in this lies the power of meditation and visualization that we start to lay down these neuro networks before the reality has come to be and we prepave very uh, distinctly and deliberately our own future. And we want to do that deliberately, right? Because if we are not aware of the repeated thought patterns and visions in our mind, then we end up creating by default and we wonder how we got to a place where we don't want to be. And, and this is the power of a, of a focused mind, of an awake and aware and focused mind. Makua continues on the body soul. He says, in many ways, the unihipili, the physical soul, is like a warrior or a servant in that it does what it is told to do by the uhane. Our middle egoic soul is our inner chief or CEO and the lower body soul is the one who does what is required. It is about relationship. These two souls have to be in right relationship or there is trouble and more lessons will need to be learned. And so to review these three aspects of soul, the Amakua is our individual soul, the eternal, broad, wise, 
unconditionally loving and incredibly unique aspect of self that is around before we're born into these bodies is here with us now and will receive us like a a grand homecoming when we transition, when we die, the Almakua, the Oversoul. And then there is the body soul, the Unihipili, the aspect of ourselves that is filled with intuition and all the physical brilliance of the human body. And the bridge between the Uhane, the mental soul, or the ego, our inner CEO, brings the waves of, of desire from the heart, from the Amakua, into the physical world to be experienced for expansion, for joy, for reflection, and for greater wisdom. And this last uh, comments by Makua are just so beautiful and really reflect the power of the physical asana, the physical practice. He says, spiritual awareness is not a thing we can describe or nail down with definitions useful in the physical Western world. For by its own nature, spiritual awareness is subjective. Spirituality is a verb, a process that we must experience directly in order to know it, to own it. And when we do, everything changes because it is then that we become truly empowered. Our focused conscious awareness is the vehicle through which everything can happen. The indigenous peoples are all aware of this. This is not a belief system for us. It is a form of knowing based on direct experience. True knowing always comes through direct experience, even in science. And so the asana practice offers us a field in which we can take these concepts, our own thoughts and emotions and life experience into practice. We can chew on them. We can feel them. We can explore principles. We can open ourselves to receive the deeper messages from our intuitive body, from our unihipili. We can watch how the mind filters or allows the brilliance of soul and body to come together in joy and expansion. And we can make shifts through this physical experience that then will resonate into the way that we move through the world. 
So I hope you've enjoyed this conversation and have a deeper understanding of the underlying matrix that makes you, you, and how you can participate more effectively and joyfully in developing expansion and greater well-being in your body and in your life. Thanks for tuning in.